We were talking about the drama unfolding inside Parliament in the last half hour, uh, virtually at least, with the ousting of Aaron O'Toole. Uh, outside, at least, the blockade continued today with growing anger amongst those in the city of Ottawa dealing with disruptions with store closures and a major mall still closed and a pretty stunning admission from Ottawa police today. Chief Peter Slowly saying that they expected a resurgence in what officials are calling an occupation of the city by demonstrators and saying American elements are funding, organizing, and participating in the blockade. Here's what We are now say. aware of a significant element from the United States that have been involved in the funding, the organizing, and the demonstrating. They have converged in our city, and there are plans for more to come. Is putting our city and our residents, our partners, and our officers at great risk. The police chief also saying that while all options are on their table, there may not be what he called, quote, a policing solution to all this, saying military aid might be necessary while negotiations may also be an option. Well, to dig into all of this, joining me now is Dave Perry, Global News Security and Crime Analyst and CEO of Investigative Solutions Network. Dave, thanks for being here tonight. Yeah, my pleasure. Good to join you. I mean, a lot there from the police chief uh, suggesting that this may have been much more organized and funded than perhaps, uh, well, organized at least than perhaps we thought. And also saying, listen, there, there are some real challenges here. What did you make of what he had to say? Well, I think the chief has been handed a political football the size of which we've never seen before. I mean, the last significant event that I recall that was a, a major public safety concern and a significant challenge for the police was the G20 summit in Toronto. And if you looked at that event with years of planning in advance, um, you know, all those plans go out the window when the violence starts and people really get out of hand. So if you use that as an example and flash ahead to what's happened to Ottawa with very little warning, suddenly you have this convoy, um, you know, basically, as he said, occupying the city. He has a unique situation. It's not just something that's localized, you know, in Ontario, the city of Ottawa. It's It's not just national. It's you know, as he said, getting a lot of uh, support and there are a lot of people in, on the other side of the border that are fanning the flames up to and including the former president of the USA. One of the things that's interesting here, I mean, I lived in Ottawa for quite a while. Um, it is a G7 capital. We've been to other, you know, I, I, we've seen protests get violent. This one hasn't really gotten violent per se. So why does it appear as if the police are powerless to do much about about at least meeting what the growing anger of other people living in the city about this blockade? I think it's because of the new, unique scenario that this convoy presents. First of all, as we've heard, extremely well-funded. Um, there's a significant amount of money behind them and cash flowing in from both sides of the border. You know, the agenda is a moving target and seems to be unclear most of the time. And just the magnitude of that many trucks. I mean, if you look at what we do here in Canada, there are some 700,000 transport trucks on the road at any given time. And, you know, we, you've got a percentage of them that are supportive of the convoy and angry and ready to backfill uh, at any moment. Uh, that presents, again, another unique problem. If the police, for example, were to start taking enforcement action, which I don't see happening anytime soon, um, all that would do is, first of all, incite it in terms of what the, the response would be from the people that are already in Ottawa. And my best guess is, and I think anybody that's watching this would, would also agree that there will be trucks coming into backfill as fast as they could tow them out of there. So it's, it's really a, a very difficult, very dynamic situation for the police to handle in Ottawa.
What did you make of the of the at least suggestion of military assistance? You know that that I've never seen. That would actually shock me if that happened. I suppose as they're planning to 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 try and and get this under some kind of control and and uh, open up Parliament and open up the city of Ottawa again, they have to consider all of their options, including military. But I think negotiation is probably the only thing that's going to work here. And the problem with that is it's going to take some time. And as we can tell just by um, listening to people who live in that area and, and the politicians and the business owners and so on, they've already had it up to their neck in terms of, you know, their tolerance for what's been happening. And I don't blame them, but, uh, you know, there's an occupation there. I think we're, we potentially are going to see another occupation in Toronto coming this weekend. There's already an occupation out in Alberta. And this thing just seems to be growing uh, tentacles from every direction. So uh, I don't know what the police can do other than what they're doing, which is to disengage, um, be non-combative and, and uh, be very uh, involved in negotiations and keep the peace, make the arrests where they, they absolutely have to make the arrests and uh, just try not to inflame it. Because I, I think the thing that even though there has been relatively little violence or few arrests there, everybody recognizes that this is a tinderbox for which we've never seen before, that the ignition point, the flashpoint for this particular event could be one single arrest. The police move in and try to arrest one person, and that incites uh, a number of people, and then you've got a mob mentality, and God knows what could happen next. So I don't envy the chief of police in Ottawa right now. Dave, I've been thinking about this, though. You know, I have a G7 capital. What does it say? when a relatively small number of, of people can shut down a G7 capital like this? What it says is that we have a very angry population, and especially, you know, these people that are driving these massive trucks and occupying the, the city. There is, in my view, no way of, of uh, doing anything quickly here. You know, let's pick a number. You know, we've heard the numbers slide up and down. If there's a couple of hundred of these trucks, I can't even imagine, um, you know, what the resources would be required to, to haul those away, what the resources would be to make sure that everybody, including the police, are going to remain safe during that kind of an operation and so on. Um, when you have something of that mass, um, you know, the police themselves are, are being held hostage to this particular situation and could only do what they can do. The last question I was going to ask you, because this has popped up a lot, is that there seems to be growing anger at the police in Ottawa, specifically from people about their inability to sort of take this under control. What do you tell people out there who are growing more and more frustrated with the police response? Well, you know, that's the problem uh, for the police is that you're, you're in such a, a difficult position because, you know, you're, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. If they move in and they use force, and this becomes an enforcement initiative, there's going to be a very angry side to that. You know, if they don't move and use that force, same thing on the other side. So there are two combating sides. Neither one of them are happy with the police for their lack of effort or in in the uh, scenario of enforcement, there would be a lot of angry people and probably a, a mass convoy heading towards Ottawa instantly to, uh, to respond to that. So it's a very tough uh, situation. I wouldn't want to be living in that area. I mean, I've just listened and watched the, the video and, and the horn honking and all of the behaviors that have 
you know, caused such an impact on, on that part of the city. I couldn't imagine living there right now. So patience is about the only thing that people can be recommended to try and use. But as you know, two years into a pandemic, people's patience are pretty thin already and, and nerves are raw and something like this and the timing of this is, is going to have a significant impact. Dave Perry, thanks so much for your insight into this. Always a pleasure.